Welcome back, folks, to episode 38 of the Running Man Self-Regulation Skills of Self-Improvement Project podcast with me, your host, Dr. Armando Dominguez, Ph.D. in health psychology, licensed professional counselor, and an adjunct professor at a local community college. And the title of today's episode is Captain of My Ship, Master of My Soul. And the reason I picked that is that we're going to discuss self-determinism when it comes to goals and self-regulation as well. But we're also going to discuss a couple of terms. One is called ego syntonic and ego dystonic. And whenever we have behaviors that are ego syntonic, that would basically be something that would be in alignment with what my goals and my values and how I see myself in the social sense Um, And the ego dystonic would be the opposite of that. That would be something that goes against my core values, my core principles, and how I see myself. And they're going to become really, really important in the discussion in the sense that we're going to discuss self-regulatory stress and also what happens whenever I am under physiological stress having to do with the fight-flight reaction, and are we actually doing things that are ego-syntonic, that are ego-saving, or are we doing something that is organismic survival versus self-image survival? And is there such a thing as an ego-dystonic behavior in the truest sense, especially we consider the fact that Really, our ego is just a figment of our imagination and the self-image that we hope to project to others that we hope they believe in as well. And uh, that is kind of a stretch, kind of a ghost, if you will. And I'm saying it that way because today is Halloween and uh, most of the folks are out and about in this dark evening. And I'm here discussing things that, well, technically don't exist. So on that note, what I'm going to do is I'm going to repeat the title once again captain of my ship, master of my soul. And that is something that, from a poem, that uh, I read many years back, and I liked the tone of it in the sense that it discusses within it what adventure is in a lifetime and what the path of life is, and also the journey, the journey of the hero, as Joseph Campbell used to speak about. And it's something that uh, I held close to myself in the sense that most of the things in the life and the struggle of an individual, whenever we look back, they look like insignificant events, small things, sometimes everyday, almost vanilla to the point of boredom events, but yet we may keep going, we may keep doing things, and at some point we reach an end or maybe a crossroads and we change, or we become changed by virtue of the fact that we've been toiling away. And that is something that in martial arts is gaining skill by repetition and practice and pain and discomfort and endurance that we grow not only strength of character, but strength of spirit. And um, in some of those systems that I've practiced, the term to polish the spirit is one wherever we're not quick under duress. We're not easy under duress to drop things because this is hard, or it's a challenge, or or I can't do that. And then basically taking ourselves out of the potential running and exercise of what would be the growth of the spirit, the mind, the body, and one's tenacity, 
one's determination that it's not just about the physical skill, but rather something that has transferred training and carryover in a lot of things that we do. So whenever we're discussing being the captain of my ship, who is that? Well, we would identify ourselves as the captain. Our ship would be not only our body, but also the direction that our life takes. The life that we're living is the vessel in which our consciousness, our mind, and our being exist within and travels within and on from one destination to the next. And if we look at ourselves as a vehicle, as a vessel, and you want it to go throughout a life, there's repair required, there's maintenance required, such as eating and sleeping well, reading well, consuming good things for your mind, and also experiencing things that are good for your body, such as exercise, or interacting things that bring out the creativity in yourself, and also things that would grow those things that would be like curiosity and wonder, and also that sense of adventure where we have that natural sense of, well, where is that? What is that? Wow, that would be interesting. Man, I got to do that. And those are good things to grow. Those are also excellent things that if you're raising children, that you want to demonstrate and model for them so that way they can see how to go about living a life that is of curiosity and of learning along the way. So in the idea and spirit of this poem's title, Captain of My Ship, Master of My Soul, that has a lot to do with the depth of meaning that we gain throughout a lifetime and whatever journeys we may undertake and whatever direction we may go. But there is a quiet determinism that is involved in that. There is a determinism and ability to choose to go. And it talks about, very silently actually, about discipline, not discipline imposed upon another, not punishment, the misunderstanding uh, of what discipline really is, but rather one of self-discipline, self-determination. What is it that I want? What is it that I choose? And being able to not only make a plan, but map a direction and set goals to be able to get there, Starting with the end in mind, I want to become this. I want to go there. I don't know how it's going to happen or what the details are between point A and B, but that's where I'm going to be. And giving yourself a time frame to accomplish that. And knowing that even though you may not know the exactitude of that time frame, it does not make the planning a failure. The failure occurs in not taking the first step, in not taking action, no matter how imperfect or unskilled. This also encourages to understand the idea of the learning model. Wherever we start off with this desire to become, starting with the end in mind once again, and being unskilled, being unconsciously incompetent of what it takes and what it is that we're doing. Also, maybe not even knowing what the direction is, but once taking the step, realizing that direction realizing where we're going, even though we may do it in a very clumsy fashion or, or in a way that's unskilled or maybe even with training wheels or with encouragement or with help from others because we don't know exactly what we're doing. And that's okay. That is part of the process of growth and learning. Being a novitiate, and novice in the truest sense, means starting with nothing. One of my early training systems in martial arts is called Wing Chun, 
And Wing Chun was brought to the United States in a big way because Bruce Lee actually tra- trained in that system under Ip Man of the Ip Man movie fame and is a very effective system. I was very fortunate to learn two branches of the same system. But one of the first forms, one of the first cuts is the sets of movements that you learn. You stand in what is called the goat pinching or the pigeon-toed stance. But while you're doing that, you're doing R movements without taking any steps. And this is like a baby learning how to stand. But you learn everything that you need within that form with your hands and how to perform the movements. And then you learn the applications of them. But the name of the form is called Silum Tao or Siun Nim Tao. But the interpretation of it is little idea or first idea. And to become the captain of my ship, and the master of my soul, often we just have to realize that the journey starts not knowing. And sometimes within the adventure, within the path, within the sense of I'm going there and taking first step, I may not have all the answers, but the first idea is to start with a sense of determination and the idea that there's a desire to gain, whether it be skill or understanding or knowledge. And this is where some of the self-determinism isn't always discussed in its deeper sense, because often when we're determined to do something, there is a sense of gain. There's a hope to gain. There's a desire to gain. But there's also a belief that there is something there that is worth gaining. And this isn't about material wealth in particular, but it can be applied to that. But also it has to do with the development of skill, development of self, maybe development of understanding and acquisition by virtue of effort, genuine, authentic effort in trying to get to that point. Now, whenever we discussed ego, syntonic behavior, Ego syntonic behavior has to do with things that actually align with what it is that is important to you. And those are good things in the sense that they're getting you closer to solidifying what it is that you are and they support what it is that you do. And from the ego perspective, it gives you more evidence to support the fact that this is me. I am that or I am becoming that. I am Armando, so therefore the things that I do make me more Armando, so to speak. And this is how our ego works. It's still an idea. And without the naming and the labeling, is it still me? I am still me. And I don't require those things to support or be evidentiary to me. But in the social sense, yes, these things that indicate that this is what I do and people identify what I do with how I am, gives people an ego sense, an image sense of who it is that I hold myself to be and the values that I consider important. So if something is egocentric, the things that I say and the things that I do and the principles I live by, all of these things will align and be somehow connected and also move me in the direction that I am moving. Whether or not someone else knows it or not, but there will be evidence that supports the fact that, yes, okay, this person falls within this realm of things that I see and know and recognize as Armando in this case. Now, if something is egocentric, does it always have to be good? Well, not necessarily. You can be a thief and stealing can come very easily to you. And that could be an identification of I'm a thief. And that's also supportive of the fact that maybe I'm a thief. 
So therefore, it comes easy to me as a skill. So that could be considered egocentonic. So this isn't a good versus evil thing, but more so a depth of understanding of those things that are supportive of what I gain skill in, for instance, what I do that not only identifies me, but also makes me more me, so to speak, in the minds of others and also myself. Now, ego dystonic would be things that would go against that very thing, my ego, my sense of self, that might be threatening to what it is that I consider my ego, my self-image. Anything that threatens my self, self-image self can be considered ego dystonic. That means it kind of disassimilates. It's almost like my ego is that sweater with that one little string that if you pull it and continue to pull it, it starts to fall apart and become a ball of thread that is now less formed, but it's still a yarn, but it's no longer the sweater. And if I were that sweater, I'm no longer me. So ego dystonic would indicate that it is something that goes against what I would value as what I consider myself and would be going against what I would consider ego safety, those things that make me feel more myself and allow me to believe that my ego is not going away, but actually is getting strengthened. Like with the ego syntonic behavior, this would actually weaken my idea of self in some cases, but also mostly go against those things that I would value or consider important to myself and my self image and how I hold myself and how other people may see me. Whenever somebody is spoken of badly in a social circle and it lowers their social value that could be considered very ego dystonic and it's not anything you're doing but someone else can do that can actually impact that so ego syntony and ego dystony does not necessarily require oneself but rather can have someone else doing something to either encourage or support or discourage and dissolve what it is that we consider our ego so there's much to be thought of there And this is really important when it comes to self-image and how we interact with people socially because those are things we all have and we all grow and they're healthy to have. But there is also an unhealthy aspect as well when we over-identify with things and often people may get a little pompous and heady and then really believe what it is that they tell themselves and someone may come along and give them their so-called comeuppance or their lesson and teach them otherwise. From the physiological perspective, whenever we're discussing self-protection, self-defense, for instance, or even just protection of the organism of our body, of our human self, our human being, whenever somebody is smart and you're smarter than what it is that's trying to beat you up or eat you, whether it be a a bigger person that's stronger and less intelligent, or it could be a tiger that's really hungry, you're the bologna sandwich and he's trying to eat you. It doesn't matter how smart you are. If you can't outsmart them, your smart is not going to make them go away. It's how you use that that can, in a timely strategic sense, uh, defend against that. But whenever it comes to a physical fight, so to speak, Being smarter does not necessarily make you better. Being physically stronger and more resilient can actually make you a better survivor. We're not discussing gene pool and moving into the next direction, just the practical sense of things. And that would be something that goes against the principle of being the captain of my ship, because at that point, I might feel like I'm out of control and I have no rudder and I don't know where my life is going. Whenever things get stressful, Whenever we have environmental stressors and maybe even people that try to take away from us or harm us, 
or causes even professional harm by saying things that aren't true, that's whenever we feel that our course is being veered in a direction that we didn't intend. And you have to have a lot of character strength to continue to not fall, not feel like that idea of yourself is being dissolved. And in social circles, it really is a serious thing. And many people lose their lives because of it, because they believe that ego sense of self is real, that it is concrete, that it is a palpable thing that we could say is a tangible, weighable thing when it's not. It's an idea. The problem is when we exchange and socialize and grow and work professionally and earn based on our self-image and also what we would call a reputation, then it can become very damaging. It could actually impact our ability to earn or feed our families, this sort of thing. So it can become very personal. What I'm pointing at here is the fact that whenever there is a very real physical threat, there is a point wherever our ego does not serve us and it becomes an idea and then we become more organismically survival focused versus ego survival focused. Some people say, well, I don't care what people think. I'm going to make sure I'm safe or I'm going to protect myself or my family. This is where we cross over from ego syntonic in the sense that we're strengthening our own ego to ego dystonic, meaning I don't care what they think about my social self. I am more concerned about actual physiological breathing above the ground, sucking wind survival. So this is when we become truly captains of our ship and masters of our soul in the sense that it doesn't matter what you tell me or what you think about me. I, from the very most fundamental and most important element of existence, my body and my organism, my vehicle and protection of that, I'm able to say that what my detractors may say about me does not matter in the truest sense. What really matters are the people that are around me, my family and my loved ones. And yes, I may gain, I may become wealthy, become healthy and famous. Those are really important things. Yes. And they can bring good things. But whenever we get hung up and allow those things to precede what it is that's important and place so much emphasis on those things that we lose sight of the fact that really it's our body or human selves and the fact that we have a limited time on this earth and these vehicles that we call our bodies and ourselves. And if we keep perspective, that allows us to become more powerful, to become that captain, not a, a person that is floating on a ruddlership, but rather one that has the wheel in your hands at the helm and you know what direction you're going and you're setting sail. It makes you a powerful being moving forward, but also indicates that you have courage and you may have had courage grow as a result of the challenges that got you to where you're at today. Now that you're the captain of the ship and the master of your soul. And this is pretty much it for today. And this is what I wanted to cover for today and encouragement because often not unlike Halloween, we run into these phantoms of what is dangerous to us, our ego, in quotes, and what we consider ourselves versus what actually is a physical danger to us that we must keep close. And in the social interactions that we undertake as modern people, it's important to have good relationships and to be able to say, well, I have to have boundaries because there are certain people, certain individuals that I can't have around me. And sometimes it takes courage to learn to love at a distance. And it is a learning experience. It's not always pleasant. But what it is that brings about our peace in our life 
and brings about a sense of comfort and safety in our life, those are the things that we not only want to preserve, but encourage and continue to share with our loved ones, our little ones, and also model and demonstrate to those with whom we interact. And they will recognize the fact that there is power in this vessel, my ship, my body, and that I'm the master of it, the captain of it, and the master of my soul. Certainly been good talking to you this evening. And follow, like, and share. And if you know anybody that could benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And if you don't think they could benefit, give it to them anyway. It's a gift. We're like Santa Claus. So take care. Have a good Halloween. Be safe out there. We'll talk soon. Walk well.